Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Culture. Hey guys, and welcome to a new episode of A New Winter, Cults and Culture. And today is a little mini-sode where I'll just be taking you through stuff that I've been watching and doing, etc, etc, etc. So uh, I watched The Mandalorian Episode 2, and in case you guys haven't seen it, um, it takes place obviously after Episode 1. And I have to say that I think this has only got like eight episodes maybe, and this was a pure filler episode. I don't know if you guys have seen it what your thoughts are but for me it didn't really move the plot on at all and was more um annoying i didn't think it was particularly impressive it had like a cool chase scene at the beginning and i say it was cool it was all right and then yeah he like battles this monster thing again i'm not really spoiling anything here and then you learn something about the creature that he's kind of with okay we kind of knew that anyway. And then the end of the episode is where the beginning of the episode, which it should have been, what should have happened. And I don't really understand what I was kind of supposed to take away from it, apart from the fact of this little uh, baby thing um, and, you know, what it can do, which we kind of already guessed. So, yeah, I'm trying to do that without actually giving anything away. And, yeah, it's um, not great. You know, they think about the amount of money they pumped into it, like I was saying last week. And for it to already on the second episode be, and I think it is like a filler episode. It's literally taken a tangent from the main plot already to do something that we didn't really need to see and didn't really do anything apart from they just wanted to do some, like a chase scene and put in some old characters from the original Star Wars or whatever. And it's like, that's fan service. <laughs> That's not service to the plot or the show itself. That's just doing something for the fans. And that's what Star Wars keeps doing and has been doing with the new trilogy as well. And it doesn't work. It doesn't help anything. So, yeah, I was quite infuriated by that, in case you can tell already. I also completed Shadow of the Tomb Raider. And I thought it was going to be a bit darker, to be honest. The 
the stuff at the end was pretty cool, but I thought there was going to be a moment where she turns into like a cold-blooded killer, which she kind of already is, but like you're kind of walking around a bit like the Terminator at one point, and I thought they were going to do a bit more with that, and they didn't, not really. So, yeah, it was a little bit of a disappointing end, but the lead-up to it and the stuff surrounding it and the graphics and the gameplay was good. I, I would say there was a lot of stuff to do with like the hunting and uploading skills and doing the side missions. And I just got bored of it after a while. And I've probably found about half the hidden tombs. And again, I quite like them as puzzles, but I was just, I just got bored of it. I just didn't want to do any more climbing and wandering, you know, jumping across things and whatever, doing all the uncharted stuff. It just wasn't, wasn't really for me. Um, another film I saw, which is brilliant, was Parasite. And it's a Korean film. Uh, it's a guy who did Memories of Murder, uh, Snowpiercer, if you liked that. I didn't, but if you like that. And uh, it's basically about a family who are poor, super poor, and they start basically getting work with a rich family. And then about halfway through, it takes this weird turn and it and it goes dark. Like at first, it's a little bit like the con. Like they're conning this rich family. They're doing all these like little, almost <laughs> Ocean's Eleven style, like hijinks like how can they plant this and get this person fired and get their dad in or whatever and it's like okay cool I enjoyed that that's a bit you know whatever and then um it gets really dark really dark right up until the very end like the last shot it's just like oh hits home um it's so it's great it's really good a lot of people are telling it for like their film of the year or one of the best films of the year and I'd say yeah it's probably up there actually so if you haven't seen it already I really do recommend going out and seeing Parasite um and it tells you a lot more about it's a lot more of a statement on you know class divide on money and all this stuff than something like Joker or something would have been and I was having a discussion with my friend the other day about how I think why this is going to sound patronizing but why Joker did so well was because it's not a comic book it could be a film it's a film basically about someone and their mental health, and they've attached Joker to it. And some people might be like, eh. but you take that, that story is like Taxi Driver, right? The anti-hero and all this. You know, you know, the city's affected him so much, he's had a breakdown, and this is what happens. But people who go to comic book movies or would want to see a Joker movie haven't necessarily seen Taxi Driver and wouldn't go to a movie to watch someone have a mental breakdown. They don't go to those kind of movies, those kind of drama movies. And again, this isn't a critical opinion of yourself. There are obviously a lot of people out there, like myself, who go and see the art house, the dramas and whatever. And we'll go see the superhero movies as well and enjoy both. And that's fine. But I think a lot of, there are a lot of people out there who saw Joker, as in like, saw that it was out and decided to go see it, thinking yeah, okay, cool, I like uh, superhero movies, whatever, comic comic book movies, that's the thing at the moment. And then what they got from this was an emotional kick and a story that was actually a lot deeper than what they normally get. And it's become their film of the year because they've not actually seen anything like that before because they haven't had that kind of drama presented to them before. It has not, like the Joker thing is like, meh, you know... <laughs> Like it doesn't, it doesn't, it's just a, a face. It's a, you know, and that's what it is in the film as well. It's kind of like a symbol, right? But it, that could be replaced with anything. There's nothing marking it out as a, a typical Joker film. So we're kind of saying it, and that's why I think it did so well, is because you're, what people didn't realise is they're actually watching an indie movie. 
they're watching an indie drama style, almost art house kind of movie, which has flown under the radar of being a comic book movie. And hopefully, you know, and I'm putting a positive thing on this because it is a positive thing, people will go away and start watching those kind of... Maybe they'll look into the fact that it's like, you know, uh, a king of comedy and, yeah, Taxi Driver, and you know, not just Scorsese films, but look into those kind of, you know, a lot of Casavitas or something like that. Go into those type of films and, yeah, and get a lot more out of them that they probably didn't think they would get because of something like Joker. Anyway, that's just my opinion, not to keep talking about Joker. Um, so, yeah, Parasite, go see it. <laughs> Uh, I've been playing as well, when I finished Team Raider, I played a bit of Blair Witch game, the Blair Witch game, and it got quite good, well, it got a bit mixed reviews, but for the most part it seemed to be do all right and some people enjoyed it and said it's very scary. I have not found it scary in the slightest. Now, there's an element where um, I haven't really been scared in a computer game. Basically, I played, I enjoy scary games, I enjoy scary everything, but when I played Resident Evil 7 and I played it in VR... That was terrifying, especially the first half of the game. Towards the end, it was not terrifying. Um, if you played it, it gets a bit more action-based. But that first half, where you're going around the house and you're a bit weak and stuff's jumping out and the family and all this stuff, that was... Oh, every time I put that VR headset on, I take it off sweating, and not just because you've got a hot screen next to your face, because just literally through sheer fear and not wanting to open doors or go anywhere because you're there, you're there in it. And ever since then, anything that I'm playing that's like scary or like that, I'm like, eh, it's kind of, it's kind of neutered me a little bit because I'm playing Blair Witch and I'm like, this is just annoying. And the enemies in it um, are invisible unless you shine a light on them. You've got a torch, obviously, because you know, it's all Blair Witch, so it's all light in the dark for the most part. <laughs> And to like kill them, it's like Alan Wake style where you shine a torch on them and they like fizzle. And they look like, I don't know, they look like at the end of the, um, oh, if you've seen it, the latest Blair Witch, which is just called Blair Witch. Um, you know, not to give too much away, but you see things in that and that's kind of what they're like here, but it's, they're shadows. So you've got a dog and he barks in a direction, you shine a light and it like, and pops a bit like it does in Alan Wake. And once they're all gone, you go on and do the next thing. And it's like, oh, it's a bit creepy, it's a bit creepy. It's like, yeah, it does kind of convey that sense of like what it's like to be in a forest by yourself with just a flashlight. Sound design's okay, it's pretty good. But, and I'm not saying it has to be like, there's monsters and I've got to shoot things. Not at all. I'm just playing it going, I am bored. I'm literally, I have spent a fair bit of the game wandering around, not, not sure where to go, what I'm doing, having to follow the dog, you can send the dog out and he's like, oh, I don't know. And I'm like, well, I don't know. So I'm just walking around in a circle. And now I've got to the point where I'm like, I don't care. Like, I don't even really know what's happening anymore. And it's all a bit to do with PTSD. And you have these like visual flashbacks of when he was at the war and it kind of mixes into the reality and there's a whole other thing going on, mental illness. And mental illness everywhere these days. <laughs> but... It's, I just don't think it's really that good. And apparently it's only about six hours, and I feel like I'm about four hours through, so hopefully it won't um, take that long for me to complete it. So to kind of, the antithesis of that is I've been playing more Rocket League, and which for me is one of the best games ever, because I play it all the time um, online, and I'm actually all right at it. 
Um, I'd be interested if anyone else plays it and if they want to, you know, hook up for a match. But um, yeah, me and my mates play it and yeah, it's still, I get addicted. I suddenly find that like two hours it's gone and I'm still playing it. And I'm just like, I'm addicted, so addictive. Uh, What else? I finished the American season two. I know I keep banging on about it, but I really enjoyed the end of the season. And the last episode, I was just like, fuck, I don't like, I was having a chat with my other half about it afterwards about what we would do in their position. And it was, yeah, it made for quite the debate. So I'm interested in how season three is going to go. Um, and I've been reading uh, Jinji Itu's uh, Frankenstein, um, well, novella or whatever, but it's essentially a comic book. And really good. If you don't know, he's a Japanese artist. He did a lot of, um, he, he was going to work on Silent Hills, actually, the, the Kojima one that got cancelled. Um, he did a lot of the artwork for that, but check it out. It's all very gothic and horrible and disgusting, um, right up my street. So if you like a new winter and you're thinking of like, you know, you like the dark and the mysterious and the horrible and the disgusting, then yeah, check it out. Jinji Ito. I don't even know if it's how you spell it. Ito, maybe, I-T-O. Um, yeah, give him a Google and check it out. In terms of the show, uh, this Sunday, I'm planning to get up a um, episode on... Unknown Pleasures, the 1979 Joy Division album. We've taken a deep dive in that, uh, me and Dan. Uh, not sure what I'm going to do for the week after yet, which I'm sure you guys be pleased to hear. There's a plan in place. Um, but Dan will be coming around that week, so we're probably going to record some other bits and pieces. And we've just done a three hits and a shit for December, so I'll be able to get that up and get the December episode of that one going. And again, um, on Patreon, I put up the Gears of War 5 review, got the Tron one, and I've also got a, a kind of a little bit on the Mandalorian episode one. I'll do a little bit more on the ep- uh, Mandalorian episode two as well. Um, and yeah, talk about that in a bit more detail. So that's patreon.com slash new winter, two W's in the end, um, in the middle even. And that's it, I think. So just little minutes to let you know what's going on. I am still planning on doing a Twin Peaks one. I have been thinking of taking my legacy of Gaia podcast down. Um, Some people do still listen to it and that's great and enjoy it. Um, I haven't updated it for a while because I've been focusing on this one. I might take that down and replace it with something else and actually put the episodes either on here or on our Patreon and uh, you can access it that way. Um, And I'll continue to, I'll finish it. I'm about halfway through the book um, and I'll finish it and put it up on there. I'm thinking uh, so people can listen to it on that and that's it. So I just want to say a big thank you to everyone. Twitter, and New Winter. Instagram, New Winter. You know it all by now. Uh, go to, as I said, patreon.com slash New Winter to support the show and to get the exclusive podcast stuff if you're liking it at the moment. Please, uh, let's get the word out there a bit more. Um, and I want to hear what you guys think about the short stories and if you want to see more of it. To be honest, um, where we are with the podcast in the moment, it'll be good to know what people feel uh, is working, what isn't working, and anything, if you tweet, um, tag, email, and you went to podcast at gmail.com, I will read it. And I, I think I always reply. So, uh, yeah, please feel free. But, yeah, I'd, be, I'd love to get some feedback on what you feel uh, might make the show better for you. And, yeah, what you enjoy, what you don't enjoy, even if it's something that's personal. It's like, we hate the minisodes and you talking to us about stuff, okay? We think you say, um, too much. That's fine. We don't like the sound of your voice. Okay. <laughs> yeah, some things I can and can't control. 
uh, we don't like the stories you're doing. We think uh, the uh, new mentor thing is crap. Okay, great. Just try and be constructive <laughs> if you can. It's very helpful. Um, but yeah, it would be nice just to hear what you guys think. And that's it. Thanks very much for listening, guys. And see you on the next one. Bye. Culture. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.